Corey Chambers, Los Angeles. Your home sold, guaranteed, or I'll buy it. Millions and millions, part two. In our last segment, part one segment of this episode, we had discussed making millions and millions versus being homeless, poor and destitute, but we just sort of scratched a couple of surfaces. Number one that we just scratched was to compare being poor versus being rich because when you look at one and look at the other uh, properly, it helps you to figure out what is, what's going on with the other. So when you really have a handle on what's going on with rich people, it helps you get a handle of what's going on with poor people um, and vice versa. And when you have a handle on both is when you really have a handle on economics uh, on a personal and small business level. And uh, the other thing that we just barely started to scratch the surface of was uh, turning lemons into lemonade. And that's an easy one for me because I've been rich and poor and I still haven't reached the level of being permanently rich. I'm permanently rich in several ways, but um, as far as always having, let's, let's, for this, we're talking about financially rich and we're talking about having at least, not a million, but at least two million in cash and at least 20 million in assets. Because until you have two million in cash um, and at least 20 million in assets, you really are not financially independent in a hundred percent where you could go to the most expensive cities in the world and live permanently uh, and be able to do more or less what you want to do uh, when you want to do it and, and, and not run out of money and not, ne- not ne- necessarily have to work anymore at figuring out how to generate more revenue. So that's two million cash and 20 million total assets. No, not, not assets, but net worth, sorry. Because if you have 20 million assets and 60 million in debt, then you're not uh, financially independent by any stretch. <laughs> it could happen, but it's not, it's not happening right now. So that's where a lot of people are. A lot of people who give the appearance of being wealthy, right now that, that, that's actually what they have, is they have minus $40 million, probably the, major, the majority of them. You can, I think you can count on that. Well, let's say half, at least, since I haven't studied thousands of wealthy people's books. And a lot of times it's hard to get the truth on wealth, because the wealthier people get, usually the fewer details they, they want to give. 
I've been watching uh, Ben Mala because he talks about real estate, making money with real estate a lot. And uh, he's one of the more real and legit people who uh, talks a lot about the details. So he's one of the most trustworthy that I've seen as far as covering the details of generating wealth. And all the people that have 20 million net worth or more, they, um, and if they're keeping it or growing it, that means they are keeping an eye on it. They're doing, they're doing certain things to keep an eye on their money and grow their money. So let's talk about uh, walking my dog through the park. Um, rich and poor. Let's just switch back and forth to these different topics. Uh, being doing real estate in Los Angeles for coming up on well, basically 10 years. Um, it's given me the opportunity to get away from the um, middle class and struggling class, people that are, you know, say have a income that's roughly average or a little bit less. Some of them have slightly above average. Which, of course, to live in Los Angeles and Orange County, you have to have uh, income that is above average. Otherwise, you won't be able to pay your rent and or mortgage that's, that's well above average. And taxes and all that stuff that's expensive. So, in that respect, I've had the opportunities to hang out with a lot of people with uh, above average income just by being the, the geography. And that's one of the biggest uh, lessons of wealth is to go to where the money is, uh, which is part of hanging out with, um, hanging out with people who are where you want to be. And so um, that's what uh, that's what I've done when I moved from Orange County, which is great if you want to be middle class, upper middle class, to Los Angeles if you want to be either poor or rich <laughs> LA will, will help you get out of the middle class and, and will help you divide yourself into either poor or rich <laughs> whereas Orange County does the opposite it will if you're poor or rich and you move to the middle of Orange County say Santa Ana or Anaheim it'll help you it'll help fit you into middle class so obviously if you're rich and you move to Orange County, you probably want to move to like Newport Beach or something of that nature that's more expensive and, and exclusive. Um, so going to where the money is uh, and hanging out with wealthy people. So hanging out with wealthy people, you are able to, you automatically, um, your brain is, shifts into that type of thinking of uh, success and monetary success, wealth, and uh, managing your money well and investment and all that stuff. So I've had the chance to hang out with people who have net worths of um, 
two million, five, ten, twenty million dollars. Um, some of them are independently wealthy. Some of them just do the kind of work that they want to do. And uh, those are the ones that I interact with most. I don't interact with that many people who are just jet-setting and yachting uh, full-time, which the people who, once they reach that um, $20 million net worth level, that's what most of them are doing at that time is they are jet-setting or they are yachting or they are um, doing whatever they find enjoyable. So um, we're going to talk more about making lemons into lemonade. And a good way to discuss that is to discuss my own lemons and my own lemonade. And there's plenty. That's where we have a uh, bountiful amount of things to talk about and to share. Uh, That alone could be the this podcast uh, daily episode. I could do one episode every day easily forever on just turning lemons into lemonade, which is another one of the basics of financial success that we don't hear enough of. Gary Vaynerchuk and a few other people are pretty good at covering that. And I think that's one thing where I could maybe do better than anybody. And it's because of my background, my career, and me as a person, uh, my strengths and weaknesses, is I am a lemons and lemonade person. (laughs) So I was born in a family that was middle class. I think we were slightly above average income, just middle class income. My dad had a good union job. He owned a triplex in, um, in Compton, uh, which was a beautiful house, Spanish-style house. And um, not huge, but it was a small or medium-sized triplex. Um, but... Um, That neighborhood was also experiencing, I think they called it white flight at the time. So it had its challenges. Um, So, uh, what else? My parents got divorced at an early age. There was a lot of very positive things about my family and some very negative Uh, Although from what I hear from other people's families, my family was overall mostly positive because even though we had several divorces and fights and screaming and stuff, sometimes occasionally physical things, um, it was relatively rare, whereas other people would have a lot more negativity or even worse negativity where the kids were really... Uh, frequently and thoroughly abused by their parents or thoroughly neglected. Um, 
or their parents were just total losers or their parents just took off and abandoned the kids. Unfortunately, I, I didn't have any of those. My parents both uh, tried hard to be good parents and succeeded most of the time because they tried hard most of the time. And that's what it's all about, I think, this parenting is, is being there and trying to be a good parent. It's obviously the worst parents are usually the ones who don't care about their kids, don't want kids, don't, um, they, they have problems that they're trying to address. They're trying, parents who are not enjoying life and who are focused on enjoying their own lives and find that the kids are just a distraction from that. Those are the kids that have the, the worst parents and the worst challenges. That being said, even though it's harder and less likely for those kids to grow up to be wealthy, the ones that make it through that torment, <laughs> the ones that make it through that and still are successful and who recognize their challenges for what they were and who decided to be good parents themselves, those are probably some of the best parents, some of the most happy, successful people and best parents. Although they are um, few, a bit few and far in between coming from that situation. But that is an example of even if life throws you its very worst, if you are able to find the wherewithal to take that very worst and turn it positive, it's harder to do that but your results are bigger and more powerful. So let's start from today, what's happening right now. I mentioned in the last part that uh, downtown Los Angeles real estate, where I specialize in, has plummeted by 75%. It's down 75%, the number of transactions. Prices are falling. Prices have been falling for for two years now. Uh, I have one seller right now who I think is a high-quality guy, but uh, he could be a less-than-desirable seller, although I think it's probably going to come out okay. Uh, he's loyal to me. We've gone through over six months where the first listing expired. The price was too high. The place has tenants in it. Uh, the buyers are looking at the place and finding it not desirable, not a good value. And there's not even very many people looking because just from the pictures um, and the price, um, it doesn't look like a fantastic value and the, the location. And the location is, is one of the main issues as well. It's in Lincoln Heights and all of downtown is this tent city problem and Lincoln Heights ha has... Our neighborhood has tents, and more, worse than that, it has a lot of derelict motorhomes with people living in them, and um, a lot of trash, and a lot of construction. And all that stuff says, even the construction, it says, you know, there's problems here, uh, maybe go look somewhere else, is what all that stuff says. The renters have a lot of, not a ton of clutter, but they do have clutter in there, they got target practice, shooting range, posters with bullet holes. They've got children's toys, even though they're not children. 
They've got um, some things are broken, chipped, cracked, um, dirty. Things are less than optimal. I mean, they, they have some good things in there. There's a few pieces of stylish furniture and uh, a few things that are kind of cool. But overall, it's not it's not the way that a it's not. I mean, ideally, a, a vacant place would go a lot faster. So, because people could look at it and then see what what they themselves want to do when they have to look at what the way renters are living in the place kind of hard. They um, they have a harder time. They they kind of see it as that's the way it kind of has to be, and which may not work for them. It doesn't look too high end for them to plop down over six hundred thousand dollars for a condo to be six hundred thousand dollars. Most people agree that the place needs to be impressive, and if it to be impressive, it should be presented. Not just have impressive bones or impressive possibilities, but be to be um, delivered in a way that is fully, more or less perfected and polished, and presented in a purposeful way uh, that it's at its best. When things are not presented at their best, people assume that it is being presented at its best, and it can't get any better. Eighty percent of people are going to be thinking that way consciously or subconsciously they're going to be thinking that that's kind of as good as it can get and why would I want to deal with this place that's suboptimal when I can buy another place that's already um, perfected that I know for sure is going to be fantastic whereas this place may or may not be so those are a couple uh, lemons, obstacles. And anybody running a business, and especially a bigger business, you have more and more obstacles and you have bigger and bigger obstacles the, the bigger the business gets. That's one thing that a lot of people don't cover. My real estate coach, Craig Proctor, he, he covers all that stuff. He covers all aspects of business, good and bad, challenging and rewarding. And uh, that's why he charges more than other coaches because it, uh, it helps me and my clients a lot more when we have more knowledge about what's going on and, and how to overcome any obstacles and challenges. So anytime that an, uh, an overall market is declining, there's things to take advantage of that. Number one is if your income goes down then you take advantage of that by reducing your expenses reduce your expenses is one opportunity to take advantage of comparing poor people to rich people uh, let's talk about mindset uh, wealthy mindset versus um, poor homeless and uh, uh, impoverished mindset. So the, uh, the way that it's the same and different, well, it's, it's really more different. Uh, impoverished people, they're not able to... Number one is ambition. 
when it comes to mindset, uh, ambition, and that and positive attitude combined with the ambition and wanting to help people. That's the that's a successful mindset. So the homeless people are going to be lacking on all those three. Number one, they're going to be lacking in ambition. They're going to be lacking in the belief that they could do it. And they're going to be lacking in the belief and ability to be able to help other people. Because that's where wealth comes from and resources. Um, is It all comes from that helping other people. Apply, supplying things, labor, products, services to, to other people that they're going to value and pay you for. And so those are... And then hanging out with the um, successful people. So homeless people don't have that ability to hang out with successful people. I've met maybe one out of ten, one or two out of ten homeless people had a decent upbringing or, or a very good upbringing. The others don't have access to the type of people who they want to have access to. They... Um, because the number one aspect, which is the ambition and the belief, the knowing that if you can believe it, you can achieve it, um, that comes from hanging out with other, other people, the right people who have that same belief. Uh, people who are uh, upwardly mobile or rich, and the more you hang out with them, the more that rubs off on you that that's the way that things are, that's the way that things can be, and that's the way that things should be. The more you hang out with other people who are homeless or struggling uh, or don't have the skills, they don't have the ambition, the more you see that as being normal, natural, and the way that things should be for you. So, doing real estate in Los Angeles has afforded me the opportunity to hang out with people who, for them, plucking down a hundred thousand down payment or plucking down a million dollars cash to buy a property is the normal, possible, and preferable way to do things. Uh, that's probably enough for this part, part two of our Millions and Millions episode. Thanks for listening. Hope you found it helpful. Always like to hear from you. Corey Chambers at yahoo.com. I'm in Los Angeles, California. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.